Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of the Kick It Cover podcast. Um, today we have uh, Stephen Smith with us, special teams coordinator at Darlington High School. Um, Coach, how you doing? I'm good, Nick. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing good. And, and if anybody that follows kind of our YouTube channel stuff, Steve's been on a couple things for us um, throughout the course of the past year. Uh, we've talked numerous times. Um, he's very active in the special teams community. Um so kind of today we're going on and talk a little uh, punt return and utilizing two returners. Um, and we'll kind of let Coach Steve get started and we'll kind of just go from there. All right. Well, um, you know, like Coach B said, my name is Steve Smith. I'm the special teams coordinator at Darlington High School in Darlington, South Carolina. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, returning, uh, returning on the punt game, utilizing two returners. We don't normally think about it um, – when we, we set our guys out after you know, we're on defense and we normally throw one guy, you know, in the back and because we want to try to put as many guys towards the ball as possible. But sometimes utilizing two kick returners actually helps us in the return game as we get more bodies um, uh, ahead of the ball. So that, that way we can affect our returns better. But a little bit about Darlington real quick for those of you who don't know who we are. Uh, we're a member of the South Carolina High School League. We play in level 4A. There's five levels here in South Carolina. We're in region six, and region six by far is the toughest region in South Carolina. Uh, we like to look at it as like we're in the SEC. Um, included in there is Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, uh, Hartsville, Wilson, South Florence, and West Florence. Um, North Myrtle Beach and, and Myrtle Beach both play for what we call the lower state championship. Um, with the South Carolinas kind of split like literally on a diagonal down the middle and runs through Columbia. Um, so the upper state guys play each other and then the lower state guys play each other. And, um, so uh, North Myrtle uh, was the state runner up this year and Myrtle Beach was the state quarterfinalist, if you will. Um, in a normal year that wouldn't be COVID, more than likely five of these six teams on this list would make the playoffs. So that's how tough our region is. Um, we're in our 30th season of football here at Darlington. Uh, Darlington's a, a product of two schools that combined uh, in the late, in the mid to late 1990s. Um, and our head coach is Raymond Jennings. He's in his third year here uh, leading the program. So today we're going to talk about formation recognition and the differences between uh, a pro punt, a tight wing punt, um, a loose wing punt, I guess, and shield. Uh, we'll talk about alignments of the formation. Uh, should you use your base defense? Um, the best formation to use against any system uh, are returns in phase, gap rushes, and of course, twists and stunts. So those little, little, we'll talk about games that you can play up front. So we'll talk about formations first. 
And when we look at formations, we have basically three formations that we all see. Okay, we have, um, we have, I get my cursor, there we go. So we have uh, the pro punt, which is what we see on Sundays, um, shield, which is what we'll normally see Friday and Saturday. Um, sometimes in the high school game here, we'll see what we call a tight wing punt. And you'll see that here in a few minutes. But as you can see, you know, it basically, um, the pro punt is the only one that utilizes gunners on the outside. That's you know, if the balls in the middle of the field. Um, even with the width of the hash marks in high school, those two guys are running like between in what we call the, um, the alley, which is the, the, the sideline zone. I'm sorry, between the bottom, the, the top of the number and the sideline, um, in shield punt, you know, we have the, 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 the three guys blocking normally bigger guys, right. And tight wing is going to a completely different look. I don't know if anybody else around the country seen it, but we see it here all the time in South Carolina. Yeah, we we all see one or two teams a year with the, the tight wing punt. I, I mean, I really about every league I've been in here in Ohio, there's always at least one or two teams that run it. Um, I mean, we probably see combination of that and shield are probably the two most prevalent. Off the top of my head, I know of at least one pro style in our league. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, it, to me, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more here in a minute. It's just from as a coach where you don't have for, for us where we don't have end zone views here. We only get sideline and tight sideline. Like at, at first, when, when I got here last year uh, in 2019 and trying to scout Myrtle Beach, it was really difficult for me to pick it up because I'm used to either seeing the pro punt or the shield. So having to sit and like trying to figure out where exactly these guys were is a little bit difficult. But the more you look at it, the easier it gets. So I'm from New Orleans, and it's kind of hard to tell because I'm kind of losing my New Orleans accent a little <laughs> bit. But um, I'm a diehard Saints fan. And um, so this is from the Saints game two weeks ago in Atlanta. Uh, Thomas Morstead is the punter there. And, you know, the Saints traditionally are one of the best teams on one of the best special teams units in the NFL. They do a great job of coverage. But what you'll see on Sunday is this. Every Sunday, you're not allowed to run any other type of punt formation in the NFL other than this formation. Um, I've asked that question to a number of special teams guys. And the reason is, it's just because it's, com it's be competitive balance. It's a little bit fair for both sides. That's the best explanation, the quick way I can give you. Well, part, part of it is also the like rules on who can release, when they can release and all that stuff kind of limits. So I've talked to a couple people this off season too. And it's a lot of that is just due to limitations of when and how people are allowed to release. Yeah. So, as um, that's probably a better way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. So, um, so think about position recognition and like what this looks like. Even at, if if you come across a high school program that runs this type of punt, doesn't matter whether it's run on Sundays or Fridays, it's going to look it's almost exactly like this. So you have um, this is the pro formation, and you'll have two gunners on the outside. They'll be running in the sideline zone, uh, which is the bottom of the number to the sideline. Um, then next you'll have the wings. Uh, they'll usually be, as you can see here, they're about a yard to the inside, to the outside of the tackle's foot. Everybody's in a two-point stance. We, our weight's forward on our feet, um, sitting down like that, hands at the ready. And then, of course, what we call the, it's the personal protector. He's the last guy on the last line of defense. Um, here, the ball's on probably, it looks like it's a minus 11, the PP standing at the five, 
So it's a six yards difference um, in shield. You know, we see the shield at seven yards with the, uh, the middle shield either at eight or um, kind of like they're all standing at seven with the, the, the middle shield and the right shield of the left shield. And they'll just slide over and close the, um, close the alley up real quick. So we'll switch to the end zone now because it, uh, game pass is a great thing. I, I love spending the money on it because I get to see stuff that I wouldn't see on Friday nights otherwise. Um, so this is the end zone view of it. So again, just gap recognition, but looking who we have here first. So we have our wings right here and then we have our personal protector and you can't see the gunners because they're on the outside. Um, and you see how tight, you see how tight their splits are. I mean, we're talking like inches, you know, between um, the foot of the long snapper and the guards, and then like maybe a foot between um, the guard to the tackle. And then the wings are like, you can see here, they're right on the, they're right on the outside foot, their inside foot's on the outside foot of the tackles. But Generally, when you look at gaps, we're looking at A gap, B gap, C back gap, just like we would if we were coaching offensive line or if we're defensive line or a defensive line coaches or linebacking coaches um, looking for our gap recognition. So A gap is, again, it's that space between the guard and the, the, the guard in the center and the long snapper here and then the B gap and then the C gaps, the outside shoulder of the tackles. Okay, now the pro, the, the pro formation is tight. So you always have to make sure that if they're running that tight, that you can run something um, on your front that's going to um, attack that. And we'll take a look at that here in a little bit. All right, so now we're going to switch to the high school game. This is Myrtle Beach High School at Doug Shaw Stadium in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It is literally a mile off the shoreline. It's a beautiful place to play. Um, they're a very tough team to play every year. Um, their special teams, their, their kickers are always really good. They have strong legs. Um, and they have some of the best special teams unit in our region. one of the best special teams units in our region. Um, so here, this is what we call the tight wing. And you'll see here the gunners are on the edges. They're not out wide in the, uh, the sideline alley, like in, in the sideline uh, zone, like they would be in the pro. Um, the, the wings, uh, I don't want to call them, I guess that's the best way to call them as wings, because if, if, if we use like H-back and the, if we use H-back terminology, then it's going to be like that, right? Um, so we have our wings right here, and then we have our personal protector. Now, let me talk about the wings real quick, because when you sit here and you try to draw up against what's going on, uh, especially the two-man return, if you have a one-man return, you're able to put more bodies to the line of scrimmage, but what you – sorry, I didn't mean to stick my head in the camera like that. Um, what winds up happening is that in a single man return, we're able to put more bodies up on the line of scrimmage and we can affect um, a greater rush, let's, let's say. Um, in a two man return, you have less bodies because we're trying to put more into the, into the return wall. But you can still defend in a two man return, and I'll show you how we do that here in a little bit. But the thing about it is, is like if you're looking at it from a sideline perspective, okay? You really have to look and see right here where these two guys are. Now the wings will line up in the A gaps um, to kind of stop the middle rush. Okay. Now, in there, you can you can still you have to have seven guys in the line of scrimmage, right? So you still have your seven guys on the line because the gunners are on the edges. Okay. Now you can only have you can have five people in the backfield for a punt. So if you you know you can have up to five, I think. But here. 
you have the two gunners, you have the two wings, the coastal protector, and the punter. There's your four guys. And it looks like, well, when you sit and look at it without all the bells and whistles that are tagged on top of it, you're like, where the hell are these guys? Like, you really have to look and see, like, where their waists are bent at and where their helmets are, right? Because what sometimes what happens is, like, in a situation like this, we kind of tend to lose sight of who's on the line. Okay, so now we're going to go into gap recognition. And, again, this is another thing that's really hard from just the sole sideline view. So we know where the long snapper is so that he's the A gap. But then you're trying to find out, okay, well, here, if this guy is so tight and where's the B, well, if you're a line coach, you know the B gaps between the guard and the tackle, right? So find a guard and the tackle, and there's your B gap. Your C gap is going to be between the tackles and the wings. Now, if you really wanted to kind of get it out a little bit more, you could use the outside foot, and that's the D gap, so to speak. Okay. Now, here, this is North Myrtle Beach from this, um, this excuse me, this is South Florence. This is another team in our region from this past season. We're the team in black, and they use what I call a spread wing. Now, it's kind of like a variant of shield, but it's not exactly shield. It's not exactly a tight wing either. So think of it like this. It's like you're playing basically with a quarterback all the way 15 yards back, and you have two H-backs and a fullback. Think of it like that, right? And that's if you're going to go play base defense, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. That's how you would play it. So when we look at it, the two guys that are on the edge, those are the wings. And then we have the gunners now. And you notice the terminology gets a little bit flipped. So the gunners are going to be the two guys that are playing in the backfield as the H-backs, okay? And then we have the personal protector. Now, again, with sideline views only, so we know you can see, like, in the spacing, like, okay, I know that's the A-gap, and I have the B-gap here, and then the C-gap, and, you know, anything that's outside is the D, okay? So now we get into something that we're all familiar looking at, uh, this is uh, Shield Punt. This is Wilson High School. This is another one of the schools that's in our region. Um, this is from uh, their scrimmage this year against at Crestwood, which is another powerful two-way program here in South Carolina. Um, and here, what we look at, we call the outside guys. Those are their gunners. And then we have our shield guys, which is our left and right shield, our personal protector or middle shield. And so what you'll see here is these guys will be seven yards from a lot of scrimmage, and he'll be right behind them. If you look at what, if you if you think back to just a minute ago when I look, we saw the, when you go back um, a couple of a minute ago when we were looking at the the um, the wide the wide wing punt, let's call it. I forgot what I call it, but um, you know the loose. What what you'll see is like the two guys that are the gunners are actually kind of like where an H back would be. So here. The gunners are like on the line of scrimmage on the edges. Okay, now again, we're looking for gap recognition. Um, you can easily tell here because of those splits where the A gaps are. It's a little bit difficult to tell where the B gap is and then the C gap, and then anything outside of there is a D. Okay, so when you're scouting, especially with um, whether you're using a single man or a double man return, a one man or two man return. Um, you know, really sit and take the time to look and find the gaps because that's going to determine where your rush is going to come from. Okay, now we're going to talk about alignment. 
So in our base alignment, and this is versus um, the pro tight and then against the shield. Um, since you're using a two-man return, remember, you're going to lose a guy in the rush, and that's okay. So you can affect that. You can make that work by doing some twists and stuff. stuff. But in a pro versus a tight wing, um, a pro versus a tight wing punt, you're going to what, – what I like to do is that to eliminate confusion when – well, I'll put it this way. From a punting perspective, I'm numbering guys one to three going inside out. It makes it easier because then it can look and go, okay, I got one, I got two, I got three. And it's like, okay, one's here, two's here, right? But for us, when we're looking at it, I use the same kind of perspective as I use when I coach our kickoff or when I when I um, when I coach our kickoff return, and that is I'm numbering from left to right. So for us, if you're looking at it from that, and you, you can, this will help you out instead of like confusing you guys. Hey, Johnny, you're the L two or on the line, you're the R one or whatever it is. Just give them like a straight number, so one through nine, because that's gonna be who's gonna be in the box with, right? So. What we do is um, I number them one through six here in our pro versus tight because it doesn't matter whether or not you're going to um, it, it doesn't matter which one of these two formations you can use this base front. Okay, so from the from our left to right, we're numbering one through six. Okay, and if you want to put it in D line, if you want to put it in D line terms. Okay, you've got, um, remember in high school, you can't play over the center, so you have to play to the, you have to shade to the inside or the out, you have to shade to the outside, right? So here we can be like, um, like the three and four can be in a two I. Um, he can be in a, the two and five can be in like a five. Um, the one and the six can be like in, Maybe basically like a, an eight or like a, a seven or a nine tech, depending on what you do. And then if you want to put it in terms of the linebacker, uh, the nine, he's going to play a zero. He's going to play a double zero, so he's going to play middle of the field over the center. Okay. So um, in a pro versus tight in pro, what we do is I take um, and I forgot to move him over. Sorry about that. But what I like to do is play inside leverage on the gunners because what we want to try to do is that. We're going to stand to their inside shoulder and try to force them to the boundary to take them completely out the play. So if they go out on their own, if, if we push them out, then they can come back in. But if they go out on their own, if we just leverage them to the sideline and leverage them out of bounds, they go out on their own, they can't come back in. But our defensive player, as long as he stays in bounds, can. So now we have numbers in the return, if that makes sense. So... Anything in gray is what would happen if um, they went to the tight punt, right? And then over here on the right um, is what our base front would be against the shield, which is a 4-4. And again, uh, you can't line up over the center, so basically you're shading to the outside, so you're like in a 2-I, a 4-I or a 4, uh, maybe a 3-tech, a 5, a 7, or even a wide 9, okay? So we're going to move now into... Um, our alignment versus the pro. Okay. Now there's multiple fronts that you can use, but these are like the, um, like the six most common that I, I that I would, that, that I use, um, that I would use here. Um, so against the pro, you can see, again, we have inside leverage on the gunners all the way across. 
um, depending on what we're putting up front, you know, like our, our 30, you know, our, our 32, um, we can put two, it doesn't matter which side you put them on. That's why like, these are kind of like ghosted out a little bit. Um, it's almost like if you were trying to like run a flop or something like that, you can switch at the last minute and play those little games up front. But two linebackers uh, with four down linemen, and then that fifth guy is going to be either the left or the right, depending on like how you want to put the rush. Okay. Uh, so two linebackers here, and they're basically playing 250 techs over right there. Um, in a 33, it's a balanced line, so you still have your two returners up top. You've got one linebacker, the number nine, he's a Mike, uh, playing a double zero technique inside leverage on the gunners. Um, and again, it's like basically shade outside and you're playing a two eye, a four eye, and then um, what we equate to a wide nine on the edges. Okay, and at 34, you have that go seven, so you can play either side, still with a balanced line. Okay, so uh, alignment versus tight wing. So the tight wing is a little bit different, um, you know, because they are tight to the line of scrimmage. You can play a 33 or 34 or 44. So 44 is a balanced line um, with either one linebacker or two linebackers, or like in the case of a 33, you can basically like have a mic with two spurs, for lack of a better term. Okay. So as we move on here, and this is our alignment versus shield. Now shield, you can do a little bit more with because of how they're lined up. So we have a 32, a 33, and a 43, where the three can be on either side and you're basically have, um, you're basically playing with four linebackers in a, a traditional, like let's say a, a four, four set, okay? Um, in a 33, you're playing with a balanced line with with two linebackers and a spur. Um, in a 43, you're playing with a balanced line and two linebackers. Um, so two more alignments there. You have a 44, which is a balanced line with a single single linebacker playing a double zero technique. And then a, um, a 54, which is basically you take it's a you take the, the nine and you can put them on either end um, to kind of affect your rush a little bit more. All right, so in the return game, um, this is against pro, okay? And this is basically what we call it. So it's a wall return. It makes life a lot easy for a whole bunch of people. But essentially what we're doing is that if you don't rush anybody, you're basically just going to drop everybody out. So the furthest man, if you're playing with two linebackers like this, the nine can come here and be the bottom of the wall and the eight, which should probably be your other linebacker can be to the top of the wall and then you're going to have everybody fill in and they're going to stack against each other just like this and it almost as if you're running in and turning and blocking um blocking in preventing the rush to come so you're going to turn and when you come in you're going to turn and you're going to turn and block to the bounce of the field as opposed to blocking in the boundary if that makes sense so that way if they got if they're rushing coming from this way you're turning in so you just got to figure out like which way if they like to if the if it's a, a punt to the right they're gonna they're all coming from if it's a punt to their right they're coming from your left and you know that you have to affect the um the blocking scheme that way okay um the nine can either take the bottom of that wall or he can um 
go down onto the long snapper to prevent him from going to the ball for getting to the, the ball first. Um, with the one like rushing off the edge, and then the six is going to take this gunner, the seven is going to take that gunner, and they're going to block to the outside. Now, this is where the two this is where the two returners come into play, where it depends on which side the ball is going on. Um, basically, you want to have them split the field. So if we're in the middle of the field, you're having two returners stand on the hash marks. If we're to the boundary on either side, then you know that one returner is going to be below the numbers to the sideline. The other guy's going to be in the middle of the field. And then depending on the flight of the ball in phase, it's, it's basically like where I say right here on the right, it's a me, you call, or like I got it or something like that. And that's communication between those two guys is key. Because if you have two dudes that decide, like, I'm going to get the ball, and all of a sudden they look like Keystone Cops and they basically run into each other looking like Abbott Costello back in the day and falling down like dominoes. And I know Coach Ban just laughing because he's seen it. I've seen it. It looks funny, but it's sad at the same time because communication is key, especially in the return game, right? So if it's a, if like, let's say we're in the middle of the field and it's a punt and the ball, the, we're going in phase and the ball's to the right. To like or our left, okay. So then that means that the other returner, off returner, whatever you want to call him, he's going to pick up the most dangerous man. So if it's the long snapper and he's running through here to him, all of the other guys going to do is pick this guy. He's going to be the first guy to pick somebody up, okay. So the off returner, let's say the opposite, the guy who doesn't get the ball, he's always going to pick up the most dangerous man, okay. Um, and it doesn't matter what what scheme that you're running this up against, he's always going to do that. Okay. So it's always a me, you call. And then the off return is always picking up the most dangerous man. So this is the, what we, this is rocket and you can use laser or whatever terminology you want. So this is a right return. Okay. Um, if this was a left return, you would literally just take everything and flip it to the other side of the field. The six and seven are going to do the same. They're going to do the same job. Now, right. coach, when you when you if you would run laser here, would you still rush one off the edge? Um, yeah, it would just be the five instead of the one. Okay. Okay. And so we're doing literally everything opposite. Now, the only reason why it, it, you if you don't want to rush them off the edge, what you could do is you could take the nine and the you can take the nine or the you can take like the edge rusher and then one of the linebackers and have them be a spy in case um like a, almost like playing a sniffer just to make sure that they're not trying to do anything like um, they're not trying to like run a fake or something like that. So that's why you really have to okay. be heads up with that. I'm sorry. Is it okay? It's good. Okay. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to rush them. Um, you can, if you're trying to get pressure. Um, but if you're not going to rush them, like I said, just make sure that one or two guys are there. It's just kind of like as a spy and then they can release and if the five is just staying at home, like if he's just spying, he can just fill into the bottom of the he can just fill into the bottom of the wall. And if then if the eight goes to if the eight or the nine goes to the top of the wall to start to start building it, the uh, the the other linebacker he can just kind of play middle of the field, attack the long snapper, and then um, and then find somebody you know to help block. If that makes sense. So in our in our tight return versus wing, um, this is a, a four three with two linebackers, and basically it's the same concept. Um, you can 
have the one and the two rush off the edge with the seven, have the nine block down on the long snapper, and eight goes to the bottom, the top of the wall, and fill it out. Um, but what you want to do is like if, and I know I know I didn't draw it here, but basically what you're trying to do, if you really don't want to affect the rush, then just have the guys drop out and then start filling and then start building the wall. Okay. If you want the guys to have a rush or give it a look like you're trying to rush, what they can do is they can take two to three steps into the gap to the gap side, um, which would be toward like to the B. Let's say in this instance for the six, like he can just take a couple steps into the gap and then go and fill the wall out. Especially if um, if they're just kicking back and if they're just kick sliding back and they're not really trying to hold you up or they're not really trying to block really hard, you can just like kind of give them two steps, come out and then get into the wall. Okay, but if you don't want to rush these two edge guys, if you just want to rush one of them, then one of them has to become the spy. There's no two ways about it. He can spy here, make sure nothing's going on, and then he can go fill in a space in the wall. Now, look, we know that when they get into the wall, they're not going to be shoulder to shoulder. There's always going to be space, right? So the nine, like let's say in this instance, the nine, if he hits the long snapper, he can go in and fill in that wall. Okay. Um, the same thing with the uh, the same thing with the two with the one or the two. If the one is using if you if you're rushing the two through the through the C gap and the one's just there as a spy or you're kind of trying to fool somebody thinking that he's going to come, he's another guy that can go and fill in the wall. Okay. So anybody anybody who's not like in an all out rush is going to be your wall people, if that makes sense. Okay. So again, shield, it's a little bit different because there's so many things that like with a tight punt with the pro with the, with the, like that tight wing punt like that, there's not really too many fakes that you can do out of it besides run the ball. Right. But out of the pro punt and the shield, there's a whole bunch of things you can do with it because the, the thing about shield is that you can play games with the splits and that widens the defense out, like that widens your return game out. So this is where, like, if you're going to build a return, you have to be, like, really cognizant of what's going on. This is where, like, film study really comes into play. Because, like, in the college game, what, what we see a lot more in a college game now is we'll have, like, a tight to one side, and then, like, when I say tight, like, the splits are, like, normal splits, two foot, maybe a yard, right? But then on the opposite side like let's say the field side, the splits are like six to eight, nine feet, and they're like super goofy. And it's either they're trying to make up for the lack of speed or they're trying, you have a really good rush to, from one side. So they're trying to widen you out and make that, make your rush lanes a little bit longer so that you have a harder time coming up or maybe the shield isn't good enough. So that's why they do those things. If they do that, yeah, you're going to have to adjust to it, but you're also going to have to be aware of the fact that, hey, maybe that they'll pull a fake here, okay? Because you have to look at personnel and a whole bunch of different things. It's the same thing with the pro punt. With the gunners being outside the numbers like they are, you have to make sure that whoever your corners are, you know, that they're actually doing their job. And the line, if you have linebackers, you know, spying to make sure that maybe one of those maybe one of those wing guys aren't like trying to drop out into the flat. Okay. The, what we gain in, what we gain in protection um, coming back on a two man return, we lose 
on the line of scrimmage as far as numbers are concerned. Okay. But the thing about it is, is that if you have good enough linebacker, if you have good enough personnel in those spots, it's not going to be as difficult in, in the, the same time, the same ease of, of, of running the op, you know, with a single man return, you'll have in a two man return, if that makes sense. So here, um, this is, again, this is the rocket return and we're just against shield. Um, you know, we have a two man rush and then eight's filling, you know, every, everybody's building the wall like they are. The nine's the spy. Um, seven can be a spy. The one can be a spy or we can rush like we can, we can rush like that. But again, we're just going to build the wall and that's how we're going to affect the return. Okay. So now let's talk about games. Let's talk about twists and stunts and little games that we can play up front. Now we know how to return, but like we want to be able to give people a look to say, Hey, you know, um, we can do different things up front. Now there's a lot of great resources on the web. Um, you know, there's a lot of playbooks flying around out there. Um, you know, I found the university of Alabama's <laughs> special teams playbook from, uh, uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, it kind of really helped me, um, you know, figure out some things up front. I mean, I was a D line coach for a little while. I was a linebackers coach for a little while. So those of you who were fluent in defense, this will be a lot easier for you because the thing about it is, is that it doesn't matter whether you're going against, doesn't matter whether, what formation you're going against. You can always draw up twists and stunts that are going to mess with the minds of people that you attack. Okay. So, one thing you have to remember is that although punt return is a defensive play, it's actually an offensive play. Okay. The reason why is that it's an offensive play is because you're getting the ball, you're returning the ball. Right. So that's why, like, if you think about it, like on, um, uh, on an interception return, the, the, the defensive back and the linebacker, whomever it is, catches the ball. And now he's got the ball and, and, he's returning the ball, right? So he goes from defense to offense instantly, and that turns the offense to defense because they're trying to stop you from scoring. So anytime you get the ball in your hands, that's a scoring opportunity. And so in my opinion, punt return, although it's a defensive operation, is the first play of offense for the next series. So that's how I look at it. But up front, if uh, we have linebackers and defensive linemen, so now we kind of, play the little games that we like to play up front. So as you can see here, like you can take these twists and stunts like you would normally use in Texas. Like if you run a bullets, if you run a bullet splits, you can still run bullets out of this. There's ways to do it. If you run an El Paso stunt, there's ways to do that. Ton, nut, all the little twists and stunts that we would normally run up front on D-line, you can do that because basically what you're trying to do here especially against a pro punt is you're in your base front for lack of a better term. So this brings me to this point. Okay. So a lot of times when we talk, when we, we think like in terms of punt return, like what defense do we, what defense should we use? Do they, they do they, they run a lot of fakes or whatnot. Okay. If you're not comfortable running any of this stuff, play your base front. It's that simple. And then whatever defense that you would normally call in a blitz, <clears throat> if you want to, uh, if you want to really attack the um, attack the, the the ball to try to get a block, run your normal blitzes. 
Okay, if you're comfortable doing that. If if you want to run like a special team style blitz, then you can use this stuff. Okay. Now I'm not saying this is perfect. It's by I'm and I'm not perfect. I'm by far from it. You can tell by my stuttering this morning. Okay. But the thing about it is, is that if you're defensive, if if you're like a, a DC, help your special teams guy out. You know, draw these twists and stunts up. It's like, hey, okay, I got a four-man front. I got two linebackers. The third linebacker is essentially a walked-up spur and some of this stuff. What can I do? Okay. So for all intents and purposes, you look at it like this, is that, like, especially against pro, you're playing at 4-2-5. Okay. Where, um, you know, you have your four-man front, you have your two linebackers, and then you're basically going to have five backs. Okay, so the number five that's like right here, he's like a walked up. Like if you want to, if you if you think about it, like in terms of playing a four three, then he's the what you would do is that you would determine who whatever side the personal protector on, that's to the strength, because the line's balanced. There's a gunner on each side, so now what you're looking for is to see where the PP is set. Okay, so if you're in like this four two, this four three, whatever you want to call it. Just look and see what the personal protector is, and then that determines who uh, determines who the Sam is, and then the will is going to be, of course, on the opposite side, and the Mike's always playing over in a double zero, okay? Or he can play in a 40, he can play in a 30, a 50, even a 70 if you wanted to, depending on how wide you wanted to take it, okay? But you can take, like, for instance, in this first line right here, um, and these are just six examples, by the way, um, you can take the not you can take the mic that's right here and run them into the same gap that you're running the three into. The double gap rushes sometimes even against pro are very hard to defend. So you can run that double gap. You can have this. You can have just the five just drop off in the coverage and store form in the wall. Um, like uh, on this slide right here, where the two linebackers kind of twist over each other before going through the A gap. It's like little things like, like, like the lane rushes you can take and have the eight like right here in this middle slide up here in the top. You can have that eight just delay for a second and then twist underneath, um, you know, kind of twist under, uh, kind of twist underneath the, uh, the two coming in through the A gap. So single gap rushes are good. Double gap rushes, um, what I mean by double gap is putting two guys through the same gap. Um, especially when the line is smaller and you have less guys on the line um, to pick up are easier because in a, in a pro punt, the wings are designed to pick up the gaps or the outside rush. Um, and like this double, this double, wing, um, this double wing formation that I'm going to show you now, like in, the, in this, this tight formation like this, the A gap rushes may not be that effective because they're putting bigger guys in the gap. So you may want to run something outside or, you know, have that, have that twist and you know, have that twist. I mean, you can take, a, you know, you can take like this. And I, I put, this was a, um, this was a three, three, this is a, a three, three front with three linebackers, right? You can take those three linebackers and play them like you were playing run and, you know, defend that way if you want. It's up to you. Um, you know, down here in, in this, on the bottom row in the middle right here where I've got like this, almost like this, um, 
I guess you can call it like a, I guess you can call it like a, uh, a, a, a nut stun or whatever. Uh, not really a nut, but you know, where the four comes on, you know, the three comes over the, over the top of the four, they're both rushing the a gaps. I mean, the nine can come across and he can follow the one in through the a gap right here. The eight can come and he can, you know, the five drops off and then the eights rushing through the gap. It's just different things that you can do up front. Tight's a little bit hard. Like I said, tight's a little bit harder to defend because there's more guys at the line of scrimmage than there would be in say uh, pro or shield. Okay. Now, if somebody runs that wide wing punt where the two wings, instead of being tight and the A gaps are up playing like almost like H backs with a seven man line, you can act, you can play however you want. Um, you're not going to have as many bodies in the line of scrimmage. You can rush everybody if you want and drop everybody off. If they're playing loose, they're playing tight. Um, if they're trying to hold up on the line of scrimmage, if they're not, you know, those are different things that determine what you're going to do up front when it comes to your twist and stunts. Okay. Now, lastly, in the shield, okay, shield's a little bit different. I mean, a lot of us are seeing shield more and more, and that's why, like, uh, I'm a shield guy. I know how to defend this pretty well. Um, I know how to run a two uh, of the six teams that we played. Uh, three of them ran shield. One ran the pro, two of them ran a pro punt, or one ran a pro punt, one ran the, the loose swing, and one ran the tight. Okay. But Shield is what we're starting to see more and more at the high school level. We see it a lot more at the collegiate level, too. Um, so this is a 3 3 front with two linebackers, but you can use the number nine there as like, um, you can either use him as a spur or you can use him as a third linebacker. If you're facing the shield, this is where you're going to play your base defense more than anything else. And the reason why is because there's so much that can be done out of shield. Okay. If they take, there's in, in different variants where you have the X, I call them an X and a Z, um, but essentially it's the two gunners. If you have the two gunners and they're split out wide and you're facing a traditional five man line, you know, still with the shield and the, you know, still with the shield at seven yards then you can play like a base four, three front where you can have the two linebackers drop off. Like they're playing in the pass coverage, have the mic staying at home and he's blitzing through the a gap like he normally would. And it's the same technique that your D lineman would play. You can call slant pinch, whatever you want to call in that front. Um, but if they're tight like this on the line, what you have to be aware of is especially because remember that you're running a two man return. So you have one less guy at the line of scrimmage. Okay, that guys have to, a couple more guys have to do a few more jobs. All right. So if you don't rush the one and, and like in any of these where I have drawn up, like if the ones, if you don't rush the one, then you just drop them out to the flat. Okay. Have him play hook curl, have him play out to the flat. Make sure that that Z is not going out on a pass route. Make sure that X isn't going out on a pass route. Make sure that the shield guys aren't trying to run the ball up the middle of the field. Like they're trying to run for a first down. Okay. But there's so many things that you can do. You can run under, you can run it over. I mean, you can twist and you can twist on the inside. And like I said, these are just merely suggestions. This is stuff that I came up with, whatever you, whatever concepts you want to come up with. If you want to um, integrate what you do on defense in, in your fronts and in your rushes, you can do that. Okay. Um, but that's basically 
that, that's basically it. Um, you know, if you have any questions, uh, I'm at Coach Smith on Twitter, uh, at Coach Smith LA. Um, and my mobile number is right there. It's 504-338-2949. Um, and you can hit me up via email at Stephen. It's S-T-E-V-E-N dot Smith at Darlington K-12 dot S-C dot U-S. Now, Coach, before, before we go, a um, couple quick questions. Um, when you're when you're working on this, um, what are you what are you telling your two returners back there in terms of coaching them up and kind of what to see, especially when you add the stunts and rushes to it? Um, what we're what we're telling our returners is to is to watch is to watch the flight of the ball um, because that's going to determine. That's going to determine who picks up whoever whoever returns the ball. He the the off returner has to make sure they're picking up the first guy through. So let's say let, let's say that let's say we're running pro right here, okay. So my two returners, what they're looking for is they're gonna they're gonna look for um, the side that has like let's say if the personal protector set to the left, okay. If we're if we're on the hash mark and the PP set to our left, and the and the the ball is is put into phase to the right, then he's looking to see okay where these guys come out and where they start stacking up. Okay, and then the off returner he's going to pick up he's going to he's going to watch because nine times out of ten, what winds up happening is that the long snapper is the guy if. If we don't if we don't block down on the long snapper when he releases, and it doesn't matter what formation we come out of, right? So if we don't block down on if we don't block down on the long snapper and he is going to go to the ball, he's the first dude there. And so the off returner's job is to pick up the most dangerous man, right? Mm -hmm. So he's looking to see where the long snapper is so he can make that first block. Now, if the long snapper, if if the linebacker takes care of the long snapper. Then what the off guy is looking for is he's looking for whether or not the gunners got free. Okay. Yeah. If the gunner gets free, then he's picking up. Now what we what we teach and, I, and I'm, those of you who, who, who coach special teams know this is that when, when we coach, when we teach, when we coach up the guys and tell them on the return, we're basically coaching. They're basically supposed to break down on the ball into a stack, right? So the, the off returner, the guy who's not getting the ball, takes the most dangerous person that's at the top of that stack. And if the long snapper releases and gets down the field, then the off returner picks up the long snapper first, especially like in a pro formation, because the corners or safeties, whatever you want to call them, the six and seven, they're responsible for picking up the gunners, okay? And then the wall just kind of starts filling in. Now, when we're in um, against the shield, it's a little bit different because in shield, what we're taught to do is block down or block um, away, like block to the outside, and then attack the field that way. So you, what you're seeing is that you, you we block it, we block the outside, and then release to the outside. So if that's the case, a linebacker, if one of the two linebackers can't pick up a guy coming out in that release, then the off returner has got to pick the first guy up. Got to pick up the first guy through. Okay. Nine times up. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're good, coach. 
nine times out of 10, it's going to be the long snapper, but sometimes that long snapper gets held up, you know, in the wash, if you, especially if like he's supposed to snap and block down and help in, help in, cut, uh, help in, in blocking on the line, then the linebacker will pick up the first guy through. But again, the off returner has the most dangerous man. Okay. All right, coach. Well, I appreciate it. Um, that was another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Um, if you have any questions for Coach uh, Steve Smith, um, his contact information was earlier in the presentation. It was also be in the bio below. Um, I've also put links of other videos Steve's been in um, and done for the channel in the bio uh, below. Um, so if you have any questions for him, um, please reach out to him. Otherwise, we will see you next week.